compassion, trust, courage, innovation. The values of Temecula Valley Hospital. We proudly present TVH Health Chat. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome. Today we're talking about cancers of the urinary tract, and my guest is Dr. Medimitha Reddy. She's a urologic oncologist and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Dr. Reddy, I'm so glad to have you joining us. Please tell us what constitutes urinary tract cancers. Thanks for having me, Melanie, and thank you for uh, to Temecula Valley Hospital for giving us a forum to talk about these cancers. So um, cancers of the urinary tract, it's a wide list, um, the most common being prostate cancers, bladder cancers, and kidney cancers. There's also other less common cancers like testicular, urothelial carcinoma, and a bunch of different cancers, but the, the three that I mentioned are the most common. So how common are they? Are these pretty prevalent? Tell us a little bit about the incidence of them. Yeah, they're very prevalent. Um, prostate cancer by itself, it's the second leading cause of cancer death among men. It's also the most common cancer in men in America. Um, there's about um, 31,000 cases of death due to prostate cancer every year. So it's, it's very common and 170,000 cases that we diagnose every year of prostate cancer. Now, kidney and bladder are less common, uh, maybe 80 to 90,000 cases per year, but prostate cancer is very prevalent. Well, then let's talk a little bit about prostate cancer. So tell us a little bit about screening and what the current recommendations are at what age. What are the screening tests so that we can determine if a man has prostate cancer? Definitely. So screening for prostate cancer has been had been a little bit controversial, but right now we have very good guidelines. And the guidelines are based on primary care physician and urologists coming together to come up with a set of guidelines. So the recommendations currently are patients who are from 55 to 70 years of age should get a PSA and a prostate exam. A PSA is a blood test and a prostate exam by their primary physician um, every two years. Now, these are patients who don't have family history of prostate cancer or, or African-Americans because those subset of patients were never included in the, in the testing that we do. Um, less than 55 years old, it's an individual addition between the patient and their doctor. And over 70 years, it's not recommended to screen for prostate cancer. When people think of screening, then they also think of symptoms for cancer. Dr. Reddy, what are some signs and symptoms that might suggest a urinary tract cancers? We've all heard about urinary tract infections and, and things that might go along with that. But what about cancer? Are there some signs and symptoms? So if, if you're talking generally about broad list of cancers of the urinary tract, yeah, there are a few signs and symptoms. But individually looking at the cancer itself, for prostate cancer, uh, there are really no signs or symptoms. The symptoms happen when it becomes metastatic or stage four. So it's very important to screen for prostate cancer. Now, bladder cancer, the most common symptom is blood in the urine. Uh, kidney cancer, also more commonly found on CT scans done for other reasons. So it's not really found with any symptoms, majority of the time with kidney cancer. Well, thank you for clarifying that. And as long as we're talking about, you know, different urinary tract cancers and not just focusing on one, 
Tell us about some of the exciting things that are going on in your field right now as far as treatment options. If someone is diagnosed with a urinary tract cancer, whether it be kidney or bladder or prostate, and I understand that there are different treatments, but whether it's watchful waiting in the case of prostate cancer or radiation, hormone therapy, chemo, please tell us a little bit about what's exciting in your field right now. I think the exciting thing, which is probably... uh happened in the last 10 years or so. Uh, Surgically, the exciting thing is definitely the robotic surgery. Uh, It has uh, quite revolutionized how patients recover and how well they tolerate these surgeries. Um, It gives us a better technical way of doing these surgeries and gives gives patients a quicker recovery. So surgically, that's one aspect. Uh, The second aspect that's been uh, very revolutionized recently has been the change in how we treat advanced cancers in the urinary tract. Before, all we had was chemotherapy, and people, unfortunately, did not survive long. Now we have a bunch of immune therapy medications, a bunch of targeted therapy medications, and we are seeing that patients, even with really aggressive cancers, are able to survive longer than they ever did. And this shift happened around 2005, and that's been a very drastic change. And what about things we're hearing about, like immunotherapy and hormone therapy and targeted therapy? Are these being used for urologic cancers, and if so, how? Yes. um, The hormone therapy is the mainstay of treatment for advanced prostate cancer, cancer that's already spread out of the prostate. Um, There there are about six or seven new medications that have come come out, and right now the average lifespan we're seeing up to sometimes 10, 15, 18 years in this um, cancer that had a poor outlook before. Also, in in, um, kidney cancer, we are seeing more targeted therapies and immunotherapies, uh, sunitinib being one of them. Um, There's a bunch of uh, PD-1 check um, inhibitors that we are seeing. And all these are also progressing and improving quality of life in advanced cancers where it has spread out of the kidney. The same thing we're seeing in bladder, too. So it has been quite a revolution for these cancers. Well, it certainly would seem to be an exciting time to be in your field. One of the things with urologic cancer specifically and prostate cancer are the side effects from some of the treatments, whether it's erectile dysfunction, incontinence, you know, self-esteem. Tell us some of the side effects that you see and how those are managed both psychologically and physiologically. There are some side effects, and we're specifically talking about prostate cancer. As somebody who's gone through um, prostate surgery or radiation is prone to have erectile dysfunction afterwards. Uh, they can also have urinary leakage issues afterwards because uh, the sphincter that controls our urinary system is right next to the prostate. Um, and these issues can be managed, some of which is technical on part of the surgeon, um, also technical on part of the radiation oncologist about how they do the radiation some of which the patient can actually control and improve on. We have penile rehab programs that we do uh, in my department. We also do um, pelvic floor therapy to improve continence. Um, We also have a bunch of support groups for patients, and I typically all of my patients get referred to all these three uh, because it's, it's very, even psychologically, it's very challenging. If you're going through this thinking that, feeling like you're the only one going through it, it's important to have that support and talk to other people who have been, gone through similar treatments and see, see what has helped them and how they have coped with these treatments. So, yeah, there are a lot of um, 
uh, rehab programs and support groups that we have that will help patients come through these side effects that can happen. What a good point you've made about support groups. So along those lines, how do you follow a patient and evaluate how well their treatment is working? Speak to the listeners a little bit about your team and how you work with patients. Yes, uh, we have a pretty comprehensive team here. Um, After my year and a half of being in this community, I've been able to establish a public therapist that works with me. Uh, I was able to establish a relationship with radiation oncologists who work with us and medical oncologists too. So we're able to provide a very comprehensive team. Uh, we also have access to support groups, as I mentioned. And, um, and I do follow patients very closely after these treatments. Uh, the treatment doesn't mean that the, just because you had surgery doesn't mean that your follow-up is done and you don't need to see the doctor anymore. We do need to watch for recurrence of the cancer, the cancer coming back. And also, we need to watch for all these side effects that can happen. And even if we do see the patient um, at that time, we are able to come up with programs for the patient to help them cope with the side effects and also make the side effects better. So we do have a pretty comprehensive team at this point uh, for prostate, kidney, and all of the cancers. Very multidisciplinary as we wrap up. Dr. Reddy questions that you would like listeners to ask their doctor as there are so many forms of therapy today and surgical options. Please tell the listeners what you'd like them to know about these types of cancers, questions they should be asking, and what you would like them to know. I think the biggest advice I would give, um, and I'm just going to talk about it as I was talking to some one of some of my family members who got the diagnosis. One of the main things is as soon as patients get diagnosis, um, it's, it's, it's essentially like being in shell shock. Most people do not hear a lot about what the doctor is saying, and it's hard to process what the doctor is saying. I'm sure the doctor is talking in a medical language, not in the common terms. So it's very difficult during that initial visit to figure out what the next step is and what to do. Um, I think it's important to talk to people who have been through these um, cancers, uh, and especially I've had a lot of my patients talk to their family members and they just find out someone else had prostate cancer or someone else had kidney cancer, and they find, find out how to deal with it and what the other person did, and that's important. Also important to go to very well-known websites, not everything on, the, on Google, but very well-known websites like WebMD, like American Urologic Association, um, and you know sometimes the Society of Urologic Oncology. These websites have good data and good information to read about the cancers. And then always, I think, you know, the first visit is always difficult. Getting the diagnosis is very challenging. But I think it's important for patients to be very uh, an active participant in their care and to ask questions of their doctor. What about this? You know, what about this treatment? What about proton beam? What about uh, minimally invasive surgery like robotic surgery? Those are all important to ask of, of your doctor and be a very active participant, learn about the cancer, definitely attend support groups because I have seen a great difference in the way patients' outlook changes when they talk to other people who have had similar situation. So that would be my overall general advice. 
Well, it's great advice, Dr. Reddy, and certainly important to be your own best health advocate and to bring family members along so they can listen as well. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise. And that wraps up this episode of TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. To learn more about general TVH surgical services, head on over to our website at TemeculaValleyHospital.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast informative, please share on your social media. Share with your friends and family. That way we can all learn from the experts at Temecula Valley Hospital together. And be sure not to miss all the other interesting podcasts in our library. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. Until next time, this is Melanie Cole.